I forgot all about that song. Good old Irish drinking song. Oh yeah, we did some Irish drinking this weekend. Did we ever? Had some some green beer. Your teeth got your teeth look like you just ate into a pumpkin patch. Yeah, that was gross. I don't think I ever need to do that again. I look like some sort of weird leper all day. Like you look like Leprechaun back to the hood. <laughs> a little racist, but it's funny enough. It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, I wish I looked like work, Davis. I wish you did too, honestly. That'd be great for me. <laughs> so, yeah, one of us had uh, maybe a little too much fun. Whew. Uh, my day was short, uh, at least mentally. You think, yeah. <laughs> Physically, I was there for most of the time. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a little bit of a blackout situation. Uh, you know, it happens to the best of us, really. Or a greenout. I guess it could be considered a greenout. Yeah. Does that mean I'm officially Irish now? Probably <laughs> Cor- not. Cory or Michael? <laughs> I think my I think my name does have some Irish in it in the way far back though. Hmm. Um, Cody. <laughs> Cody. Actually, Cody is I think an Irish word. I'll have to look at that. But I'm pretty sure I have, there's some Irish in my name, which is weird. Uh, if you've ever seen a picture of me, so um, the honestly, so the last the last good memory I have before the green out, uh, <laughs> I I used my stunning good looks to basically knock a person out to stun a girl. Yeah, I uh, so this girl we we're at a bar and a girl comes kind of walking through the crowd, right? And she makes eye contact with me and kind of smiles at me, and I was kind of feeling myself at the time, so I was like, all right, I'll give her a little something to to check out so i gave her a nice little wink and when i winked at her and seth you can vouch for this this is 100 percent true <laughs> i winked at her she stumbles kind of takes a step back looks at me for a second and then drops to the floor <laughs> complete fucking pass out and uh some other guys like went to like pick her up and they're like trying to pick her up and then she threw up all over them <laughs> So on the one hand, I felt kind of crappy for not like rushing to her aid because it was probably my fault, but uh, really glad I didn't get barfed on. That was not on my list of things that I wanted to happen to me that day. The thing is, though, it probably would have matched because I'm, I'm assuming she had some green sort of beverages. So I that's mean, it, true. Yeah. If she got any in my mouth, then that would have it would have matched just fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's gross to fucking think about. But yeah, so it's it, if you've ever felt really cool about yourself and also really terrible about yourself. Um, welcome to my life. And, uh, that was, that was, I think a really good example of that. Yeah. He's actually lying about the story. The girl just looked at him and barfed and then slapped him and walked away. Maybe it was cause I smiled and she saw my green ass teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not actually it. What is wrong with him? <laughs> well, welcome everybody to episode 36 of the SoCo show. Hope you enjoyed your St. Patrick's day weekend and recovered a little bit better than I did. And if that girl is listening, uh, he's sorry. Yeah, I'm very sorry. And also, you're pretty cute, even though I saw you throw up. So <laughs> Yeah, your insides look just as cute as you, you do. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, if, if you're out there, uh, hit us up at SocoShow91 at gmail.com or uh, just, just tweet me personally, underscore, yeah. underscore Cody Michael. Yeah. The personal account's fine. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention I, I'm joined, as always, by the rarely lovely uh, Seth Ott. <laughs> 
And we're here, like I said, with episode 36. 36, man. That's a lot of episodes. It is. That's uh, almost a full pregnancy. (laughs) So uh, do with that information what you will. (laughs) Uh, But we got a lot of fun stuff. Cody will be having a kid soon. Uh, yeah, I am. I am just so pregnant, <laughs> and uh, we got a lot of lot of good news. A lot of good good nels. <laughs> a lot of good news on the show today. Uh, we're gonna talk about a few fun things. So let's jump into it, and we're gonna start as always with a chic tweet. I call you a punk. So I think this this tweet is is based off of maybe what was in that girl's head. Uh, Tafo, give me my fucking cold beer before I beat the fuck out if you hashtag St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, the Sheik was maybe getting into the green stuff a little bit. <laughs> and I guess this could also relate because it's green. I don't know what prompted him to tweet this at all. <laughs> that son of a bitch LeBron loved the Sprite. <laughs> what? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, yeah. LeBron, LeBron does love Sprite. He must have been watching the game or something, because they, they, he's in the commercials, right? He the tweeted Sprite this on his birthday, too, so he must have been really into it. On LeBron's birthday? No, the Sheik's birthday. Oh, maybe the Sheik was having some Sprite with LeBron on his birthday. <laughs> well, Sheiky baby had his, ba- had his birthday. <laughs> well, it sounds uh, it sounds like the Sheik had a good birthday over the weekend. If you missed it, get over to his Twitter page. You can find a link in the description. And wish him a belated happy birthday on Twitter. But for now... This is Benji Tweets. I call you a punk. Well, before we get into the news, as usual, I want to talk about a little bit of Audible. Uh, as you know, you can go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo. There's a link down below in the description. If you want to get 30 days free, free. of Audible, that is absolutely free. Free. <laughs> free. Free. <laughs> And you're going to be able to get a a book credit also for free. Free! And that's going to get you one free Free! book off of Audible. Uh, You could get something like Ready Player One. Maybe catch that before the movie comes out. I know we talked last week about The Last Black Unicorn. That's Tiffany Haddish's new book. I just picked that one up. Did you? Yeah, I got it downloaded. haven't started it yet, but I got that in the old queue. Uh, maybe something like Orphan X series. I know mm. that's something Seth has dug in the past. So, oh yeah, lots of good, uh, lots of good stuff over on Audible. So make sure again that's audibletrial.com/soco for your free free thirty days and your first book for free free. <laughs> well, from that uh, probably award-winning. Promo, I would say. (laughs) From that award-winning promo, let's get into the news, and we're going to start in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. So, NFL free agency still going on. We had a huge week last week with it being the first day, but uh, a lot of moves still getting made. Players still moving around. Uh, I think one of the more high-profile ones is Ndamukong Sue. And I think we talked last week that he had been released by Miami. Miami. And jokingly, I had said he should go to the Rams and pair up with Aaron Donald and just wreak all sorts of havoc. (laughs) Well, Aaron Donald visited the Rams today. Aaron Donald? (laughs) What did I say? You said Aaron Donald. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he already plays for the Rams. Um, But Ndamukong Sue visited the Rams today. And apparently, I mean, is he going to consider them as a team? He's also visiting, I think, the Raiders, mm-hmm. you had said. So maybe not a shoe in for the Rams, but 
Man, that would make for a scary-ass defense on that team, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm just glad he he's choosing your team to potentially go to because I can't pronounce his name, so I'd have a hell of a time. <laughs> just call him by his last name, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Sue, Sue would definitely give them a pretty tough uh, pretty tough front and would make, I think, for a really – I think they'd use him more as like a, a alternate alternate to Donald. I, I doubt they'd be on the field very often at the same time mm-hmm. just because of the 3-4 defense. But who knows? Could be a good addition. Hopefully he's ready to be a team player, though. That's really the, the culture there, and he's typically been a selfish guy in the past. So Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. My hopes are high. I think they find. I hope that they find a way to get him over there. Another guy uh, looks like he's going to be on the move is Alan Hearns. Um, he's been a part of the Jaguars for Jaguars. for a while now. Kind of had some middling success. Uh, you know, very varied amount of involvement in that offense. But he's now a free agent. Mm-hmm. He was released. What have you heard about places he might go? I haven't really heard a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, it just happened recently. Um, I know that teams kind of. I know that the Jaguars weren't very high in him this last last year, especially. He was hurt quite a bit, and he just his production went way down. Because a couple seasons ago, he had like a touchdown in almost every game, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of fell off. So I don't know. I, I there's not really a team that points that, that I can point out and say he'd be a good fit on. Well, I'm wondering now about Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson, he's moved on. He's on the Bears now. Mm-hmm. Allen Hearns is going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, Marquise Lee is now maybe yeah. their top wide receiver. What is? What do you think this means in terms of, like, the Jacksonville offense? I actually like their—I think the reason they let him go is because they have a good good amount of depth at the wide receiver position. They have—see, so yeah, Marquise Lee will be the kind of the, the, the number one there. Uh, then they have Dante Moncrief. They have D.D. Westbrook, who was a, a rookie last year, and he was— Actually, I think due to some injury concern, a lot of people had him as a guy who fell in the draft last year. Um, people people really liked him. I think he even won the best wide receiver in the country award. Um, okay. In college football, yeah, played at USC. So they they have him. They have Keelan Cole, who's like I think he had the fastest uh, forty time in his draft class. Uh, he's a quick guy. He had he had some good plays in the playoffs too. Um, yeah, I like their receiving core quite a bit actually. I think they're 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 young. They're fast. Uh, and they also got some. They they have veteran presence with Lee and and uh, Moncrief and some more possession guys there. The other move they made too is they released Mercedes Lewis too. So they they're, they're going to be on the the lookout for a tight end. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they've they've made moves in that receiving core. So a lot of that is going to come down to Blake Bortles, and mm-hmm. I think even more than that, Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, if they have success running the ball, then it's going to take a lot of pressure off Bortles. Yeah, so. they actually signed the best lineman available too. So they already had a good line. Uh, it's gotten better by quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah, they'll be running quite a bit, but they they have a good young receiving core to rely on too. Could be a scary team. Do you like them winning that division this year? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think the only th- well, I I mean the threats are the Texans and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much of a threat. Like the Colts are just such a wild card, uh, especially depending on what they do in the draft. And and the Texans, you just don't know how Deshaun Watson's going to perform. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I I do like Houston. Uh, I think Jacksonville's got to be my favorite for that division right yeah. now. But I like Houston as kind of they're almost a, a, a Golden State Warriors when their offense is really clicking for that month last season. Mm-hmm. They were just flying all over the field, fast as hell, scoring a million points. Yep, very very fun to watch. Some of those games were I think that probably that Seattle game was one of the best of the season. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. We'll see. That could be a more competitive division than it has been in years past, which is welcome news. I think the other big piece of news, uh, as we inch closer to the draft, teams are starting to consider more draft trades. And uh, it sounds like the Jets have made maybe the biggest one so far. Oh, yeah. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So, yeah, they traded up to the from the sixth to the third pick. They gave up 
was it two second rounders this year and a second rounder next year, and I think they gave up one more pick as well. So yeah, they they gave up quite a bit to get to to move up three spots because they knew uh, they they know that the quarterbacks are going to be gone, mm-hmm. and so they're going to get their pick of one of the th- the three top guys, which will likely be Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, or I think it's Josh Allen. I think they're all I think they're both Joshes. They potentially could take Baker Mayfield too, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. It should be a fun fun first few picks of the draft this year. Yeah, going to be interesting. Um, do you have a favorite out of these quarter out of the quarterbacks that are going to go top three, four, five? The, the ones I've seen, it's hard because like I've watched a bit of all three. The one I think is the most built and probably ready to play right away is Allen from Wyoming. He's mm-hmm. just he's big. He he looks like Peyton Manning, but like kind of stronger. Uh, and he's his throwing motion's a little strange, and I, but I know he had a, a he had a pretty good uh, senior bowl, and I think he had a, a decent combine. Darnold sounds like the guy he is he's like the kind of like the like Trubisky was last year, like maybe not most ready, but like the most talent. Sure, uh, he, has, he has to mold it, and and he's ready to go. Rosen has been a guy for the last few years who has been kind of uh, touted as you know, as, as the future. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think there's plenty. And then you also got to think about, uh, like I said, Baker Mayfield's a guy a lot of people really like. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a guy who's going to go in the first round too this year. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I like this. Um, it's it's exciting always when the Jets draft a quarterback. I think I think the Jets are, would be one of the fun programs on which to be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, Being in New York and they've got a fun fan base and things. Um, and really, there's nowhere to go but up for the Jets. So I think it's a win for everybody. Yeah. I think whatever quarterback ends up going there is a win for them. Yep. I think the Jets are going to get what they want um, in a quarterback. They did give a lot away, but I think that's okay. Um, I think the Colts may, might be the biggest winner here because mm-hmm. they're definitely in rebuilding mode. Yeah. And they need all the picks they can get. We were talking after this happened. I think that this is going to – so the Colts have the sixth pick, of course, and then they have they have three three second-round picks, and a couple of them are, are really early on in the second round. I think they use some a couple of those picks to move back into the first mm-hmm. and p- pick a player they really want in the first. So it'll be fun. I I would really like to see, like, Saquon Barkley go to that sixth spot, but I don't know if he'll make, make it quite there. I, Saqu- I'm really excited to watch that guy. Yeah. Saquon Barkley and Andrew Luck on the same team, that would be – That'd That'd be some scary something shit. to watch, especially with how how good he is at catching balls too. So, um, I would be remiss. We're not going to spend a lot of time, um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the NCAA basketball tournament is going on. Um, and you and I haven't followed it really as much mm-hmm. as we have in previous years, but uh, definitely we got to congratulate UMBC on knocking off Virginia, first mm-hmm. ever, first ever in the men's tournament, the first ever sixteen seed to beat a one seed in the first round. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting. Just a fun thing for all sports fans to kind of enjoy and have gotten to see in their life uh umbc did then go on to lose in the second round so it it's not like they're gonna go all the way or anything like that but right still pretty fun um yeah i mean when iowa state's not in the tournament i guess it's not uh <laughs> it's not nearly as exciting but for us anyway yeah and there's been a lot of upsets so i think the field is really wide open at this point yeah um, based on what i was looking at in the brackets right now um so yeah more to come as the final four draws near but uh yeah, I think the the big the biggest news so far has been UM, uh, UMBC, which is mm-hmm. awesome. All right, from there, let's move on over to video games. Video games. Whoa! Video games this week brought to you by our pop tart of the week, Confetti Cupcake. Crazy well, uh, I know the big thing on your mind, Seth, is God of War. It sounds like we got some updates on that front. Gow. That's the abbreviation. 
<laughs> yeah, God of War. Uh, a lot of reviewers had the chance to play the first three hours of the game, uh, so I'm super jealous. And from all accounts, it uh, people are saying it's pretty freaking sweet. They Basically, it sounds like the story focuses quite a bit on Kratos's more mortality than being a god, just kind of not wanting to pass down his anger and his and his uh, rage to his kid that he has, and it focuses on kind of him, sh- you know, him showing his kid the way and that type of thing. Uh, for the gameplay, it sounds like it's not going to be a detriment to my square button on the controller. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's actually going to have some. Some more strategy involved with some blocking, parrying, things like that, and then you know attacking when the moment's right, which did not work out so hot for me in the game Bloodborne. <laughs> um, I failed very <laughs> badly at that game, <laughs> so uh, so hopefully this isn't as difficult. But a lot of people have compared it to that type of game, like Dark Souls, uh, Bloodborne, things like that. So we'll see. I'm very very excited, of course, and I can't wait to play it, even just to hear the story. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. April twentieth. That's awesome. 420, just a few weeks away. Get stoned, play some God of War. Um, by the way, you mentioned uh, Bloodborne free this month on PlayStation. It is. If, uh, if you prefer the inferior console, then pick that one up. So I came across a piece of video game news today that just fucking floored me. So, you, Seth, you've heard of the game Fortnite. I have. Yeah, so it's, it's one of these, um, for those who don't know, it's one of these... Uh, big world battle royal type games, which have been co- become pretty popular lately. You mm-hmm. may have heard of uh, Player Unknown's Battleground is another example of this. Mm-hmm. Fortnite is a more wacky version, though. So wacky. It's kind of cartoony, and basically, it's a giant map that sh- that they put a hundred people on, and the idea is to. Oh, be is the it a hundred? I don't know if Fortnite is, but I know okay. Player Unknown's Battleground is. I watched a few videos of this game. It looks fun. Um, I it seems so hard to me. Like I don't right. know if I could be very good at it. The only thing I, I I saw when I watched it was this guy like because you create like ramps and shit. It looks mm-hmm. like that you crawl, crawl up, and this guy just kept like he kept getting attacked and just kept building these walls, and he never died. I'm like that looks no fun at all. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's the kind of thing where if you come across someone who's really good, you just get effed really <laughs> fucking quick. Anyway, Fortnite has become like one of the most popular games in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And it's really helping out the streamers because it's a pretty popular game for people to stream. And I read in the news today, the most popular Fortnite streamer goes by the name of Ninja. And creative. Yeah. He reportedly makes an average of $500,000 per month on this streaming. That's that's one half of a million dollars per month for playing video games. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. You remember playing, like, fucking Crash Bandicoot when we were eight years old? Right. And it was just, like, super dumb and it was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, you can actually be a millionaire by playing Fortnite. Right. Um, and I don't know what makes a good streamer. T- to be honest, I've, I've never really done a lot of the stream watching and stuff. But he is on Twitch. And uh, basically, you make a you make a couple bucks for each person that's watching you. So, um, you know, you can if you get a lot of followers, then, then you make a lot of money. I guess so. The big, uh, the big piece of this news, though, was that Ninja hosted a live stream where he played with Drake <laughs> and Juju Smith-Schuster in the <laughs> NFL and Travis Scott, the rapper. And the three of them were in a Fortnite game. It broke the record for the biggest Twitch stream ever. That's there crazy. were over 600,000 people that were watching this, this single stri- mm-hmm. sw- Twitch stream, which is crazy. Um, 
article I read mentioned that Twitch has kind of gone more the way of, of professional gamers and you're watching them. But the this sort of celebrity gaming piece is still kind of alive. That's where like PewDiePie yeah. was was a pretty popular one. So it sounds like this guy Ninja is kind of that next big thing on, on Fortnite at least, which I, I mean, cool, man. Make your If you can make money playing video games, I say fucking more power to you. Yeah, you do that. I think the real story there is how is the NFL receiver – how does he have the most interesting name out of those out of the rap between him and the rappers? Drake and what's his name? Travis Scott. Drake, Travis Scott. Those sound like white guys. Yeah. And then you have Ninja, who yeah. is yeah. Who, who literally <laughs> he is a white guy. And then uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. Gotta love Juju though. Well. But yeah, so if you wanna make half a million dollars per month, um, be the best streamer. Can't be that hard, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I get I have a pretty good streamer when I wake up every morning. Get the fuck out of here. You're done. You're done. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, man. Let's get over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Movies uh, Movies this week actually also have a sponsor. It's a pretty pretty good show this week. We're getting bankrolled right now. You know, we're ma- we make almost as much money as Audible at this Pop-tarts. point. Pop-Tarts. <laughs> We're just rolling in the fucking dough right now, people. I mean, what can you say? We're just a couple of big money ballers. We're making $500,000 a month. <laughs> so let's kick it over to this week's sponsor for the movie section. And I think you're going to notice a familiar voice. Salutations. Lou Holtz here. The most sensational season of the year is swiftly approaching. That's right, kids. Summer is almost here. When I was a youngster, I loved spending my days at the swimming hole. My friends and I would splash around until a sunshine disappeared. As you might guess, I was the coolest kid in trunks. And why is that no surprise? Because I own the very best super soaker. I would walk in strapped up with my aqua sock, and kids would shit their pants. Now, while it may not be suitable for me to play with kids anymore, I still love soaking when I can. <laughs> So don't be a square. Pick up the latest Super Soaker delay, and maybe you too can be as esteemed as good old Lou Holtz. Well, goddamn, Lou, that was that was a hell of an ad. He's oh. probably one of the best ad men out there. Yeah. Um, don't forget to get out there and get your Super Soakers, folks. Yeah, especially the Aqua Shock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, jumping into movies here. I got a couple pieces of news here for us. Uh, the first one is a, probably one of the biggest surprises of last. I guess it was fall. Uh, was Happy Death Day, mm. the horror movie. I actually enjoy that movie, and I don't like horror movies. Really, really fun horror movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's been it's it, heavy talks right now for a sequel, Happy Happy Death Day 2. And uh, so for those who didn't see the, the first one, it was a, basically the Groundhog's Day version of a horror movie. She just kept dying over and over and over and over again. And the guy who wrote this, I just found this out recently, is apparently he... Uh, wrote or co-wrote uh, the Paranormal Activity movies, the the first three and then the marked ones, which dealt in some time travel type stuff. And that's kind of what he really liked about it. And he uh, brought it over to his own movie, Happy Death Day. And he's kind of going to, it sounds like, elaborate more on that and, and kind of explain why they she kept dying. Because they didn't really go into it that much in the first one or even at all, if I remember. No, they never explained why. Yeah. So I'm... What do you think about that? What, what do you think about this as a sequel? Do you think it could work as a sequel? I know generally the, the horror movie sequels can be kind of, yeah. Here, here's the thing. I think generally with horror movie sequels, it, like The Strangers that I saw recently, it's really tough to scare people the same way you scared them before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where I think this movie has a real chance is that the point of Happy Death Day isn't that it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not about the scares. It's about the mystery of what's going on. It's about the creativity of the different kills and stuff. So I think if they can keep the spirit, kind of the fun spirit of it and get, you know, a little more creative with some of the scares and um, if the characters are cool enough, I see no reason why this can't be just as good, if not better than the first. And, yeah. and that's, you know, it's an advantage that it has because their, their point isn't to make you crap your pants. It's to make you laugh and be interested in what's going on. I think what I saw in Paranormal Activity and the way they timed in different events, mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. So yeah. I, I, I'd be really excited, actually, to see the sequel. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I I, I like the time travel stuff. And, and yeah, the first one... I thought it was just more of an interesting premise than mm-hmm. it was even a horror movie. I wasn't super scared watching it. So, Mm-mm. so uh, last last week, Star Wars: The Last Jedi came out on uh, you know Blu-ray, DVD, the whole the whole just thing. digital actually. It is not. Oh, a, it was just digital. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but what I what I did learn was that um, as a part of the you know I don't know if it's on the digital, but at least on the Blu-ray, there's going to be a special feature where you're able to watch the movie as a silent film. And so they remove all the dialogue, and basically the point of it is so that you get to hear and pay attention to John Williams' score in this. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me what you. Th- I mean, this is kind of, I think, maybe something for more of the huge nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, but would, yes. is that maybe something that you would check out? Not me, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care enough about Star Wars to really care about that. Uh, I think it would be might be an interesting thing, like to do as an event, like in a theater or something. Uh, oh, with, totally. With the cool surround sound, but it's not something I'm doing at home. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm a huge nerd, especially for Star Wars, so mm-hmm. I think I am going to check this out. I definitely want to give it another viewing um, just to kind of more familiarize myself with the plot and enjoy some of the moments that do include dialogue again. But down the road, I definitely am going to try to check this out because the movie and Star Wars in general is so reliant on visuals and so reliant on the music that I think removing the dialogue and getting to focus on those things could actually be super rewarding. So I don't think this would work for very many movies, but I think Star Wars is one where it could be really tight. One, uh, one I think, welcome piece of news came out this week, and it's that uh, the Weinstein Company, uh, which was, of course, founded by... Um, Harvey and Bob. Yeah, Bob, who I guess is a decent guy, and Harvey, who's a total shit stain. And um, it has now gone bankrupt. So no more Weinstein Company. Um, what I think is really cool news about this is all, any and all non-disclosure agreements that people had with the Weinstein Company are now null and void. Oh, really? So what you could potentially get is more stories coming out um, from from good old Harvey. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe it could be enough oh. to where he gets, you know, some criminal charges or something like that. Um we we shall see. I think he's already gotten his Hollywood justice, but I, I I think that there's still more coming to him. So so does that mean also like all the properties are kind of that haven't been bought up? That's what I don't know because um, I know like uh, Clerks three didn't get made because Harvey and Bob still own it. They own they own the rights to Clerks. Oh, so maybe that could allow Kevin Smith to go make Clerks three. Well, it is a bankruptcy, so I, yeah, I, I would expect them to auction off or give away or sell off um, those properties. So maybe this does open. Maybe the he door buys for, it. Maybe he buys it up, and maybe this <sighs> gives a shot at close. Now, again, this is just speculation, folks, but uh, maybe this does open the door for something like that to happen. That'd be awesome. So, in much more uh, much more happy time news, we we draw ever nearer to Avengers: Infinity War. Dun, 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 dun. And we're really excited. We uh, we just talked to Jared last weekend 
and uh, we're gonna go over to Des Moines and watch Infinity War with him on opening night. Yeah. We're gonna see it in the XD Cinemark screen. Extra dick. Extra dick. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see it in the XD screen on opening night. Uh, and we are we're gonna do also a very special edition of the podcast where uh, we're basically gonna talk Marvel, talk Infinity War, and we're gonna do a ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to this point. So mm. it's gonna be a really exciting episode. Uh, still a little ways out, but we're excited because we officially have our tickets mm-hmm. to opening night, and even more excited. Well, at least you are, because a brand new trailer just dropped. I think the final trailer. I think so too. And, uh, Other than like the 90, 1900 TV spots they're going to have yeah. between now and then. But people are jacked about this. Yeah. And it, bro- it broke Black Panther's record of the pre-sales too in six hours. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, people are excited. And the trailer definitely is a big part of that and rightfully so. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of spoilers in this. Because you know the story. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> They've been building this for 10 years. You know it's coming to this. This one really would only spoil a couple of minor minor jokes in it, mm-hmm. maybe. But, I mean, otherwise, it's it's pretty much, you know, just a, a bunch of small action shots and, and meet-up shots and Captain America with a beard. and But it's just, I mean, there, there's no way to really describe this trailer other than to see it because it, it gets you just hyped. <laughs> God, it look I am I haven't been this excited for a movie in a in a very long time. I am so pumped. Um you get like the the beginning of the trailer, you get like you know the dun, 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 but you get it like in the slow like the oh. it's like a somber like dun, dun, and it's like a, it has like the chimes and shit in it. Oh, it's good. It's so good. I cannot wait for this movie. I I'm interested to see because like I almost I know that they bro- they 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 said that part it's not part one and part two anymore, but I almost think that just the way they they're making him look, uh, and and kind of his gravitas in the trailer and stuff, Thanos. I mean, that he's he's going to carry over to the second one. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, and I think that this is going to be a completely different Marvel movie, and in, in, in terms of the tone and how it ends, I think it's going to break the superhero movie mold because they have the two parts to it. It's uh, it's really interesting that the trajectory of this movie in in yours and my. Um, psyche because I am even though I haven't seen the trailer I am definitely getting revved up for this Mm -hmm. you know the buzz has all been great it sounds to me like the trailers have all been great I will be doing my very best to (laughs) to avoid any any shots or anything from for the next month basically I can't watch TV or go on Twitter Um, I was able to do it for Star Wars though so I think I'll be able to do it for this and I am I'm I'm right along with you when we bought those tickets I've been talking a big game about how I don't have a lot of confidence in this movie and how I think it does have potential to suck. But when we actually got those tickets, I was pretty fucking jazzed about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for this to suck. I really do. Uh, I I think that the Russo brothers who made Civil War as well, and they they made the Winter Soldier and they made Civil War, people kind of heard, you know, they were people like Civil War for the most part, but they weren't as jacked. Mm-hmm. For it, people were just kind of that oh, was good, you know. I think that they kind of learned from that, and I and they've done such a good job with everything else they've done. I think that they're, I think they made a a, a really damn good movie just from from my feelings already. Well, here's hoping, and and we still have a, a lot of time to speculate here. It's about six weeks out yet, but uh, we got our tickets. And if you're out there and you haven't bought advance tickets yet, I would suggest doing so very soon because yeah. they are going like hotcakes. I would love a hotcake right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd fuck up some hotcakes. <laughs> Alrighty, let's move over to television. That's what she said. TV. I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but we do have TV Corner this week. We do. The return of America's favorite segment. Um, <laughs> the number one ranked TV review segment in any <laughs> podcast recorded in Cedar Rapids, Iowa is back, ladies and gentlemen. So get excited. Um, before we get to that, though, let's get to some news. Seth, what do you got? Well, first, we're, we'll start off with a, a new segment that we uh, we have all kinds of new segments going on here. Um, the first one or this this newest segment here is called Retro Recommend. So every week, um, or at least most weeks, um, either Seth or I or both of us will have uh, what is referred to as a retro recommend. Mm-hmm. So this is something that, that we're suggesting that people go out and see, but has already been out for a while, right? Yeah. So it's not uh, it's not in the vein of a TV corner or a movie review in the current sense, uh, but maybe something from the past that we think everyone should check out. Uh, spoiler alert, I'd expect to see The Matrix in this at some point, um, but the first not retro recommend me. is going to come from you this week. The first retro recommend, the inaugural, I can't say that word very well, retro recommend. The inaugural. This first one, it, it does fall in the, in the realm of TV, of course. And it's a show that came out in 2011. So it's been out for, you know, seven, seven or so years now. And it's a show called Lights Out. On It was on FX. I, I've talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about, talked about this on here, but I've, I think I've told you about I, this. This is the first time here. Unless really? we were shit-faced, I, I have no record. I'm, now, now you have my interest. What is, <laughs> what is this? So it's a, it's a show. It's a, it was a show on FX, and it kind of – one of the first shows on FX that kind of pushed boundaries in terms of what they showed. Uh, it's a show about boxing. So it's a kind of a, a old punchy boxer who's trying to get out of the game, but he's got, he's got like serious mental – issues and the more he boxes the kind of the worse they get and he starts you know hallucinating things and stuff like that it uh, the some of the people in it are people who have done a lot of kind of like more b parts in the last few years but they've gotten more popular uh holt holt mccanny i don't know if you remember i don't know if you that know that guy's name at all he is um <laughs> the biggest thing i can think of that he's done he was in he was in justice league as the guy the the thug at the beginning that batman ties up Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. in a bunch he, of stuff. He's in Mindhunter yeah. as well, which I loved him in Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. He's he was on. He's been on uh, Orange Is the New Black as Porn Stash. He's been yeah. on a bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, Catherine McCormick as well. I don't know what else she's been in. But yeah, just he's a, he's in basically an ex champ. He's on top of the world. He you know he he was the best out there, and you know after time his his brain goes and. It takes a really it's it's a, it's like a psychological thriller slash sports show. It's really good. It's, it was only one season, uh, ten episodes. Uh, I, I I don't know if you can see it anywhere for free or not. Uh, I did look it up earlier. It's like ten bucks on Amazon. So if you have you know free credits or some shit like that, free money, uh, definitely check it out. It was it, it's a show that and it's at on Rotten Tomatoes as it was fresh, certified fresh at ninety percent. So. I mean, it, it it was a it was a really good piece of, of television, and I was I was hooked from the beginning. I, I remember really just loving that show, so definitely check that out. Great performances, really interesting story. Well, there you go. That's lights out. Retro recommend. Uh, check it out wherever you can. Amazon for cheap, but good stuff. This has been the first ever retro recommend. From there, let's turn to some news. Do you have anything for us? Yeah, a couple pieces of news here. The first one is one show that I, I really loved this summer was not love. <laughs> I do love love, but uh, The Sinner. Sinner season one, it was a, well, it was supposed to be a, a uh, 
basically a miniseries type thing, and it actually got renewed for season two, another eight episodes. So, yeah, I had the TV corner for it. One of my favorite one of my favorite shows to watch. It got nominated for an Emmy as well for for best miniseries. And I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this. I I would have preferred. I like the way it ended. And I I almost I think I would have preferred it to just end with the miniseries. But I mean, I always I I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy seeing continuations of of those type of things too. So. I'm I'm kind of torn. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I think what's important is that if they come back with a good idea and mm-hmm. a, a sensical continuation of it that gets a, again a good wrap up, then then fine. It's just it's based on history. It's so hard to to do that. Yeah. So rare is it that you have a really good self-contained revenge is always the example I go yeah. to on this. You have such a good first season idea. And then you try to stretch it out too far. I don't know. Who knows? Um, who knows? Maybe 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 this is the one that kind of breaks the mold. Um, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I hope it's good. Uh, one one bit of news I know you like. I you like both of these these things slash person. Uh, Allison Williams from Get Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Brian Williams' daughter from NBC News. Fantastic in Get Out. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, Brian Williams is great in that movie. <laughs> uh, she is joining the the cast of a series of unfortunate events on Netflix for season three. So apparently they've already been renewed for season three and she'll be joining the cast for that. What do you think about that casting and what, maybe what type of uh, character she might play? She is going to be really cool. And I probably she'll be a villain just because most of the characters in that show are villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like this as a chance for her to kind of do something a little quirky, a little fun, mm-hmm. maybe to kind of give her a little more trustworthiness after getting <laughs> Um but uh, yeah, I do like this, and I've seen her in other things, and she's fantastic mm-hmm. and, and genuinely like a funny person. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see her on this, and even more excited about just the series of unfortunate events. The first season was so good. Second season is coming out soon. You know what they do aesthetically and the way they tell that story in that kind of monotone way. You mm-hmm. know, with Patrick Warburton, yeah. I really like what they got going on. So I'm excited that that it seems like they're going to get to tell the whole story. If they do, it'll be four seasons. Yeah. And so it seems like it's gearing toward that. Uh, NPH, Neil Patrick Harris is fantastic in it as Olaf. So um, one, super glad that that story is continuing on. And two, uh, really like that casting. I agree. Yeah, it comes out this month, season two. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's been a packed spring Just for keep you, piling it on. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, the onset of spring has brought back one of my favorite, probably my favorite show, actually, that I do watch. And, and that's the... the Last week tonight with John Oliver. So if you haven't seen it, it's one of those desk talk shows with a comedian who's pretty liberal talking shit about a bunch of conservatives. That that's basically the idea. And they are John Oliver is hilarious. The writing on this show is incredible. It's so funny. Um, they won an Emmy last year. I think they've won a couple Emmys now. And uh, just a really great show. If you have HBO, it's on Sunday nights. Uh, watch it. Is, well, if you're a liberal person, watch, watch it. it. I wouldn't watch it if you're a conservative. But you also probably aren't listening Don't to this watch if it. you're pretty conservative. Um, anyway, John Oliver's show has a habit of doing things that are very strange, very outlandish, and very, um, well, just those things. Very strange and outlandish. For example, there is a um, there is a news station somewhere in Pennsylvania that has a very famous – it's like a local news station. They have a very famous um, – toy train that drives around in the backyard of their studio okay. and sometimes they'll go stand out there in front of it and you know make the news and then people will call into the news talking about how much they love that train <laughs> it's super weird they did a story on it like a year ago anyway they they also the, so the john oliver show what they did was they bought 
and built a new train set for that um, for that new station because oh. it was it was kind of acting up. Uh-huh. And the thing is fucking huge. It's like <laughs> 10 feet tall by like 20 feet wide. It's this huge. You, have, you move it around in a semi and it completely works. It has like a volcano. Um, it's got like a bunch of the attractions from that city in it or mm-hmm. from Pennsylvania. So it's got like this, the tower from um, from the office in it is one of the things. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So it's a lot of fun stuff. Anyway, it's this hugely expensive, hugely extravagant toy train. And they got it for that new station. Mm-hmm. And they said, here it is. It's for you. You can have it. You just have to come get it. Um, and the new station w- didn't want to come get it. <laughs> so now they just have this giant fucking train. <laughs> They've also done things like there was a presidential wax museum that um, closed up. And they bought four of the wax presidents from that. Mm-hmm. And they're currently making a movie with them. <laughs> like a fake movie is going on where the wax presidents are doing stuff. And they did a trailer for it with like John Hamm acting with with them. <laughs> So this is the kind of show we're talking about. Uh-huh. Anyway, they did a show this past weekend about Mike Pence. And it's just kind of a them talking about his record and what they like, well, what they dislike about Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. And as part of the segment, they said, um, John Oliver promised that he would say one nice thing about Mike Pence over the course of that show. And he did. And the nice thing that he had to say was that Mike Pence has a very nice pet bunny rabbit, <laughs> which he does. There's a real bunny rabbit. Uh, the Pences have a bunny rabbit named Marlon Bundo, <laughs> is what it's named. And it's very cute and very funny, and there's lots of pictures and stuff, and it, it's actually pretty cool. So, here's where this gets fun. Um, Marlon Bundo has a book, and it's being it was written by Mike Pence's daughter, who's like 24, 25, and it was illustrated by Mike Pence's wife. And it's like a children's book about a day in the life of the vice president through the eyes of this bunny rabbit, Marlon Bundo. And so the last week tonight found out about this. And so here's what they did. They went and they wrote their own book, also called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. (laughs) It's also a children's book. But in their version, Marlon Bundo is a gay rabbit. (laughs) If you don't know, Mike Pence is one of the most anti-gay people in the world. Um, definitely not a super fan of gay folks. And so this was a huge dick slap to him. And, pun intended. Yeah, pun, pun definitely intended. So they actually, they, and this is 100% real, they actually made a book. They wrote it, illustrated, and published a book. They also did an audible book that has like mega stars in it, like um, the guy who plays Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang is in it. Um, one of the guys from Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who is on Modern Family, is in it. Mm. Uh, RuPaul is in it. And a bunch of other stars that helped do the audiobook. And they actually took the book, they published it, they put it in stores across the country, mm-hmm. and they put it on Amazon. It's right now the number one book on Amazon. <laughs> Not, oh, and here's the other thing. They released, um, John Oliver released his book on Sunday night. Knowing full well, Mike Pence's book came out on Monday. <laughs> so he released it a day earlier and just destroyed it in sales. So they've sold out all the copies. You have to get back order if you want this book now. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, is like it's actually a kid's book. Like it's for kids. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It's like a heartwarming story about how the bunny comes to turn. Like he, he doesn't care that no one wants him to marry his man bunny friend. Um, he doesn't care what the mean people say. He just wants to m- marry this bunny that he loves. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually a nice story for kids, but they just destroyed the sales of the Pence book 
and it was at least this morning it was the number one book on all of Amazon not just not just for kids they sold a fuckload of these books and they're donating all the proceeds to the Trevor Foundation which is um, basically it's suicide prevention for mm. LGBTQ people mm-hmm. and also to the uh, one of the AIDS charities that okay. fights AIDS so it is maybe the most creative and funny fuck you to Mike Pence that I've ever heard of that's pretty amazing yeah, so you can Google Google the John Oliver um, Bunny book, and you can find it. It actually is on Amazon, and you can go buy it. You have to get a back order now. But, uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. Or at the very least, go on YouTube, where you can watch the Mike Pence portion of that show, and he talks all about it, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and that's one of, the ma- one of the many reasons that I love that show. Is It's educational, it's funny, and they do weird, weird shit like that. So <laughs> I just wanted to share that with the folks. Maybe that'll get you to... to Turn that on uh, if you haven't yet. So so definitely check that one out. Turn me up, turn me on. <laughs> so to round out the show today, we have a uh, you know another another edition of what critics are calling probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is a direct quote from Jesus. Yeah, from G- Jesus. Jesus wrote us a letter, uh, an email rather. He mm-hmm. sent it to SokoShow91 at gmail.com. and it said, "You won't believe how fast the Wi-Fi is up in heaven." Yeah, I mean, he, he it's it's blazing. Yeah. It really is. And and he just said, you know, this is probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Signed, Jesus. Yeah. Um, it came from, like, bigdick65 at <laughs> gmail.com. So I don't know if it's legit or not or if that's just <laughs> Jesus' email address. But, um, you know, we have it on pretty good authority that this is probably the best thing you can spend your time listening to. Mm-hmm. So with, without further ado, let's get over to this week's edition of Seth's TV Corner. in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! So yes, we have a TV corner for one of my favorite shows. And it's not even just a TV corner for a season. It's a TV corner for a series. It's the finale. Mm. The finale of Love with Paul Rust and all Britta, Gillian Jacobs. Um, I know you, you've watched the first two seasons, correct? I have, yeah. I'm really excited to, uh, to check out the third, uh, at least pending, pending your review. Yeah. But I, I really have liked it so far. Uh, yeah, I, I, think you, I think you'll enjoy it as well. So for those who haven't seen Love, I'm not going to – I mean, there's really not a ton to spoil from it unless I went into specific detail. But Paul Rust plays Gus and uh, Gillian Jacobs plays – how did I forget her Mickey. name? No. Yeah, it's Mickey. Mickey. I thought you said Nikki. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Gillian Jacobs plays Mickey. They're the two leads in the show. And it's really about their their love story. And (laughs) duh. And (laughs) and, what? (laughs) I thought it was about football. (laughs) And so they they meet in in a really just kind of almost in like a it's an ordinary but not an ordinary way. Like people meet like that sometimes, but they also don't. (laughs) You know, so Mm. the thing that really has gotten me about the show is even though a lot of crazy things happen in it, it's very real in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And I think that really holds true for season three. The show isn't something for everyone. It it definitely, it it has, it's very funny because it's a Judd Apatow show. So there's a lot of comedy. Paul Rust also, who's the lead, he writes a lot of the episodes. So it's a very funny show, but it also, in, in a lot of Judd Apatow, how he, you know, writes his stuff and directs it, it, it can be very depressing at times. And so it's it's a very interesting taste because these characters are very self-destructive and they will destroy themselves and their relationships around them. And you see a lot of that kind of coming in and out of the show. 
I'll say about season three, though, it is a much happier season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is still there are still some moments that will make you cringe and be like, oh, man. But there's also a, a lot of happy moments between the characters. It's definitely the funniest, I think, out of the, out of the three the three seasons as well. We, there's a lot of really cool guest stars too. Vanessa Bayer shows up in this, and she's she's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you get a lot of uh, like David Spade shows up again. He's he, his character kind of has a small part. He's he's pretty funny. And there's a few more that aren't aren't coming off the top of my head, but it it, it is a very very funny show at, at its core. And I think it really the the humor comes a lot of it comes from the the characters they built uh it's, it's a lot of a lot more a lot more enjoyable and a, a lot a lot a lot more humorous when they kind of interact with their uh, with their personalities that you've already come come to know and i think that's that's a lot of what season three has to offer there so i i would say i mean it's not a long series to watch i mean it's 10 10 or 12 episodes for each season 20 minutes a piece yeah so it, it's very it's a very quick watch but i think it's very worth it at the end of it because season three while it's my favorite and the happiest, it's very real. I think that, again, a lot of situations are not something that you run into every day. But it also, when it comes down to it, it's it's something. A lot of this, all of this, is something that could happen in real life, and you see this happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that way, the characters are, are pretty relatable. So uh, you do get you do actually get some character growth in this season, which is not <laughs> not something you get in the first couple <laughs> seasons. Um, you do get. Uh, you get some, definitely some good performances out of the out of out of all the characters. My favorite character, uh, Birdie, uh, she's played by Claudia Doherty. She's she has actually probably my favorite arc in this season. Uh, she's she's very funny. She's very like cute and innocent type type of character, but she can also bring it when she needs to. So uh, a lot a lot of great performances all around from from the entire cast. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, one of, one of my one of my most satisfying endings for a TV show. Um, I I don't think you'll feel that way, but I I, I just really I, I in, in terms it's it's a it's a ending that without spoiling it could it makes you it makes you think mm-hmm. and and kind of not not think like in a in like a deep thought way like an annihilation but think of like even putting yourself in in their shoes and also kind of think about what what actually their future could be it's kind of an open ended type thing. So yeah, that's uh, real is a super good way to put it. Just from what I've just from what I've seen, mm-hmm. um, I, I've always compared this to You're the Worst, which is another favorite show of mine. Very similar construction where they're kind of shitty people who are attracted to each other and kind of fuck each other over a mm-hmm. lot. And and uh, but it it is it's realist. It's it's over the top, but it is realistic in that they go through problems at actual relationships. It's not like a romantic comedy where. There's a big, he goes on top of a building and screams that he loves her and mm-hmm. proposes and there's a huge fucking thing. It's it's not like that. It's yeah. very it's very grounded and down to earth. Um, so it, it got my recommendation already, but it sounds like something you think people should check out too. Yeah, season three I, I thought was the best. Like I said, I, I, it was definitely the happiest uh, for as much as you can put weight on that. But it, mm-hmm. it, I think it's... It was is my favorite. I thought all ten episodes. I think it's ten episodes. Were ten or twelve episodes. Were very. They were all pretty solid. Each character had it. Each of the main, really, it's the three characters. I, I would say Randy is kind of a main character, but he's not very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really get you get a deep look into to Gus, Mickey, and Birdie, uh, in in all these episodes here, and 
I don't know. It, it, it just it, it ended in a way that really was satisfying for me. Uh, the whole series actually was reviewed very, very well. The first season was on Rotten Tomatoes like 86. The second season's like 92. And so far, the season three is at 100. So wow. I, I, I think it's definitely a show that a lot of people really enjoy, just, even just for the performances. I think that they, they come off uh, in a way that is, like I said, very real. And... For me, again, that's hard, like with, with Gillian Jacobs. She played Britta on one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me not to, to see the you know, similarities. But she really comes on her own, in my mind, as Mickey. So I like uh, it. Very, very, uh, very much a recommend, even though it might be tough for some people to get through. So we uh, we talked a little earlier about the stretching out of a series, like in, this, in the context of The Sinner. We talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I know that Judd Apatow has... A problem that I have with a lot of his movies is that they just go on and go on and go on because he doesn't edit well. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on this are that three seasons are about right for mm-hmm. a story like this and that it seems like it, it they should be able to really fully tell this story within three seasons. Does this seem like the right length to you? Do you wish there was a little more or could they have cut it off earlier or do you think that they nailed it? I mean, personally, I would have liked more because I just really like these characters and I, I, I do want to see, like I, I would like to see how they end up. But I also enjoyed how it ended, and it's hard to end a story like this, mm-hmm. you know, because with especially like a love story, there there's really only two endings you can get with a love story, right? You can get they're together forever, or they split apart, mm-hmm. and no one's ever going to be satisfied with with that type of ending. But I think they nailed it in this one, and I, I mean, I'll be interested to see uh, your again your thoughts with it and uh, our discussions about it because because of the way it ended. Yeah, I'm very intrigued now, uh, even more than I was to, to hurry up and get this in the queue. And this is this actually brings up a good point because I I, I am going to start working on this. I'm actually currently also working on Atlanta. Finally, what? So maybe we'll have a segment uh, in a couple weeks here where uh, where we just kind of see whether you know how to what extent we agreed on some of these shows. I think mm-hmm. that could be kind of cool. So yeah. very good. Well, that's going to do it for episode 36 do of it. the Soco Show. Don't forget to check out AudibleTrial.com/soco for your free. Free! 30 days and your first book credit for free. Free! <laughs> Don't forget to check out our Pop-Tart of the Week as <laughs> well as uh, a super soaker, courtesy of our good friend Lou Holtz. You can find uh, a new ride home from the Tomb Raider um, over there at the Jared Buckendall YouTube channel. Uh, where also he's going to be uh, resuming his usual video reviews now that he's home from California. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is you happen to be listening. SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, however it is you're finding us. Make Columbia sure you House subscribe. Records. Could be Columbia House. Weird. Um, <laughs> email us. Uh, email us again, Jesus, if you like. <laughs> That's SocoShow91 at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, SocoShowPod, um, and Seth Oat and underscore Cody Michael. I think that's all the ways to get a hold of us. There's certainly a lot of them. You can call Cody at... <laughs> yeah, don't give out my phone number. Well, f- fuck. Everyone who listens already has my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> well, at any rate, this, again, has been episode 36. For my good friend Seth Ott, <laughs> I am, of course, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye! Free! Yeah.